As James Hetfield said, ready as I'll ever be. Yo. Hey, Hello. good evening. Hey. Eddie. How you doing? How's it Yo. going, mate? It's me. Old, <laughs> doing? old head's in yeah. there as well. I- I'm here too. Yes. Oh, great to see you guys. Great to hear you. Can't believe I'm actually online with you guys. Hell yeah. It's <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> the best. Like... A dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> Cranked and ranked. You've got some records yeah. behind you there, haven't you? <laughs> Crikey. I would say welcome to Facing the Crowd, but um, it's a collective welcoming, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Me, I, me I, was just, I, I was just <laughs> assuming this is this is y'all's show, so I'm just yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Yeah, love it. Love it. Along for the ride. All good. Totally. So let's just tell everyone what we're going to do here. <laughs> the people out there in the wide, wide world talking about the 44 days in 1991, all the famous releases of the alternative music. Alternative because it wasn't the mainstream, isn't that right? But it kind of, I mean, it kind of became the mainstream, didn't it, half of well, it? Well, one <laughs> album that came out was mainstream, but I mean... Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it all got, to the, all got to the mainstream, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were looking at the um, Black Album worldwide sales of... What was it? 48.5 million worldwide sales of the Black Album. And then we looked at Soundgarden's collective sales for their back catalogue, and I think it was 14 million. So obviously it's, <laughs> it's still, still mightily impressive, but yeah, yeah. Some things, some things went supernova, and some things were just still very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah, tell us tell us about the records, man. What what records are we talking about today? We're talking about the Black Album by Metallica. Talking about Pearl Jam. Oh, just hit the mic stand. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about Pearl Jam's 10. Talking about Bad Motor Finger Soundgarden. Both the Illusion albums. Nevermind, obviously, Nirvana. All within 44 days. Although Hobo has yeah. got a kind of problem with the release date of... Bad Motor Finger, we're not sure if it yeah, did come out yeah. on September the 24th with the rest of, well, it was the last, wasn't it? Uh, Chili Pepper, Soundgarden, Nirvana are all on September the 24th, but yeah. was it pushed I back? Think, we're not sure. I, th- I think Bad Motor Finger, it, that, that was, the release dates were weird, and I guess they still kind of are because I think they came out at different times in different countries. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. if I remember right, I, the, the American release of Bad Motor Finger was in October. Yeah, October the eighth, I read. Yeah, um, and so I don't know if that was different in other parts of the world, but it's still. I mean, is that that that, that may not equal forty four days, but it's still pretty incredible that within. I think it makes less, it about fifty three days or something. But but really, in less than three months, we got five iconic albums, and I'm assuming we're all we're all our angle at all of this is that these are all great albums, right? There's not, oh, completely. I mean, that's, that's, 100%. that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah. 
Yeah. And sure. as as Hobo said on the way over in the car, um, there isn't one bad track on any of them, really. No. No, I don't think so. P- people know. would argue about Use Your Illusion, I think, but, you know. Yeah. Step out of my world. <laughs> Uh-oh, we got, we got a farty mic on, uh, on, yeah, on, on Eddie's side. But that, that actually did oh, sound like my world because of the, the funny mic. <laughs> that <laughs> was actually really great to me. I thought we planned that for a second. And you just say you want to step into my world again you now. Want you want to step, step into my world. That's it. And yeah, that's how yeah. he did it. That's how Axel did it. <laughs> so his mic was just... fucking up, and he's like, let's make that into a song. I myself to death. But you guys had your live stream the other day, didn't you? You talked We did. Your 100th, 100th episode of Cranked and Ranked. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, because we 100 times that we got together and did shit together. And um, so I thought it was worth celebrating in some way and because honestly like it was weird like the getting getting cranked and ranked together took several months of us just talking about it and planning it out um and even then i'm like ah, this will be cool probably for a few shows and then he'll probably get bored of me and then uh <laughs> and then, then <laughs> we won't do anything anymore but like but it's gone on for two two plus years and uh i'm over 100 episodes now so <laughs> I, I actually did want to ask you guys was it because you saw each other's YouTube uh, channel that that's how you got together and decided to do Cranked and Ranked? That, who, is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I if I remember right, Eddie contacted me and said, you know, you know, I, I do videos also and, and your shit's great. And that, and when I went over to his page and like there's there is a lot. I mean, you guys can see it out there. There's a lot of YouTubers and a good majority of them are not very good (laughs) and like i mean they're doing their best but sometimes it's either not very enjoyable or it's they're just not good on camera or whatever some would say i'm not great on camera either but um i kept running into those people like oh i'm uh, you know follow my page too and i would go look at it and go ah this is just not anything i want to watch but the the complete opposite happened with eddie where i went to his page i'm like holy shit this guy's like legit making great stuff and so you know it kind of went from there. And then I think it was like maybe a couple months later that he emailed me with the idea of doing a joint podcast and just kind of went from there. Yeah. Awesome. Now we can hear Eddie Sparks, how he should really sound. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, yeah good, the, it's good that you guys got together. And then um, I think you started your po- your cranked and ranked about a month before we started our one. I think you didn't, you start in June or something. June yeah, 2020 June it was. 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we started July. Or it might have been recorded in June. Don't even can't even remember. Can't remember we it might have done. started in, in May if the first episode wasn't also botched because my uh, audio equipment shit the bed. <laughs> we we filmed like sixty percent of a like Metallica ranking because we were gonna start with Metallica, but we actually ended up doing Nirvana instead because well, the the audio equipment said, no, I don't feel like recording the rest of this. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. That was a good practice run. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And yeah, we got we... back around to Metallica in the end anyway. Yeah. Cool. A, a year yeah. later. <laughs> what, yeah. Made, what made number one? Nirvana. No, out of, out of oh. Metallica albums. Oh, 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 the Metallica albums. The number one. What was mine? Mine's always going to be Ride the Lightning, but I think... I think we. We both said ride, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I don't really remember because I think 
I don't remember what I did because I changed it up because like there's my personal favorite, which is Ride the Lightning. But sometimes when we do the Crankton Ranks, if it's something that like I've talked about a lot, I'll try to like look at it more subjectively or objectively, whichever one of those words is the right one. Um, and, uh, and so I probably put like master of puppets at number one or something, but I don't remember how I was looking at it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky, a tricky question, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's a lot to pull there from that discography, you know? Well, mine yeah. is the and black like, album and I don't mind saying it. Okay. I'm, you know, if, if, I've lost, if I've lost a bit of respect with YouTube, I'm going to say it. It's Master of Puppets all the way. No, the, the, yeah, the Black Album is probably my number two favorite Metallica album. But it's like all the all these albums that we're talking about. I don't know how old you two guys are, but like when when all these albums were coming out, I was like what thir- thirteen, and I was j- just going into the eighth grade over here, and it was a really big deal because that was around the time that I was really getting into music, and so the fact that all this great shit was coming out was like a, a big deal, and these are all favorite albums of mine yeah same as me it just reminds me every every one of the albums on the list like just takes me back to like my last year or so at school Um, Mm -hmm. yes it's it's just crazy like every time i listen to any of them it just everything just comes flooding back i worked it out and i was um 15 years and two months old when the black album was released yeah and all those other albums come out as uh, that summer before my last year in school and it went they went it went into the start of the new school and it was just like discovering music same as you but, and so i got uh, just sort of discovering that kind of music that I, that I obviously fell in love with but at the same time you know it's the last year of school and like we got the treated to some of the best albums ever and you yeah. know has it, has it ever been as good, really? I mean, there has been it, masterpieces yeah. since, but not to that degree and that, that you know, that amount of albums in, like you're saying, 44 days. Yeah. You know, the, it really, when is that going to happen again? It has it? Yeah, no, it, it hasn't. It, it really That's set intense. us up for, for a lifetime of failures because it, like, it really made me <laughs> feel like, oh, this is what it's going to be like for the rest of my yeah. life. Really amazing <laughs> albums just come out every year. Yeah. And, um, it's, I mean, and, some, and good ones do come out, but nothing like yeah. that. Nothing that's like... yeah. Well, they I did think. it in 92. It, they, it kind of happened again, not in 44 days, but there was amazing albums in 92. And I did think, yeah, like yep. you say, it was just going to carry on like this fucking forever. <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've long maintained that the early 90s are just the peak of everything that I like. Um, yeah, so setting the scene for 1991, you had, um, yeah. if anyone cares that's listening, you had George Bush in as president. We had um, John Major otherwise known as the grey one <laughs> <laughs> and uh in 91 notable we got we got loads of uninteresting facts about it notable movies in 91 terminator 2 boys in oh, the hood yeah. robin hood prince of thieves so we're in that zone yeah um terminator 2 obviously one of the best films ever in my opinion hell yeah I, and related to one of the albums we're talking to. We're talking yes. about, so and I, uh, yeah, and I do have the uh, You Could Be Mine, Use Your Illusion picture disc. Oh, I want with, one of those. With Arnold Schwarzenegger on it, which I bought at the time. Still got it. Should have got that. Nice. Should have should have flipped that up on the video there, if we ever do use the <laughs> video. But... <laughs> I didn't bring any of my stuff, so it's like, but I mean, at that at that point, all the stuff I was buying was on cassette because I didn't get my first CD player until that Christmas, Christmas of '91. So, Same as uh, me, yeah. right? I was going to say, I suppose at the time, I mean, I mean, nowadays 
it's only like, you know, diehards that buy the physical media, you know, the people who are into music it, properly, as opposed to like, uh, I'll casually download stuff on my phone. But, mm -hmm. but I mean, I suppose back then, if you were on the road and you wanted something to listen to, you know, it's a good place to put a cassette. Yeah. 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 I remember when I was Maybe kid, that's... you'd go into a petrol station and there'd just be like a like a big bin with all different tapes in, you know. I've always, you know, I, I know that it's technically not one of the most legal things, but I've always bought CDs, but then I rip them to my, to my phone. Mm. So like, yeah, I'm confessing my sins of over a decade of buying CDs and putting them on my phone but i think yeah. that's all right well, that's what i did that's why yeah. that's why i sold i sold my entire cd collection because i because of that why i mean i have some cds but they're just ones that you can't really get any other way or they're yeah, special right. ones but all my other shit i just ended up selling it because i'm like well, i don't even look at these yeah and that that's prop that's probably why and that's a big reason why i got so into vinyl several years ago because I was like, oh, these are things that I buy and I actually want to pull them out and I actually want to look at them and I actually want to go through the whole experience of playing them. But with CDs, like, I, it's it's so weird that it's lost the charm that it once had because in 1991, 92, like, that was the best shit. Like, oh my God, I have CDs now? Yeah. Like, forget yeah, every yeah. other medium ever made. This is the best shit right here. Oh, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah. still love them. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so if we if we talk about if we go from the from the start, August the twelfth, um, nineteen ninety one, Metallica Black Album was released. That was the start yeah. of the forty four days. Um, mm -hmm. If I know you guys, I, I know your your favorite band is Metallica, both of you, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, let's just say the first time you heard the Black Album, let's talk about that head if you can remember that. Um, and just it, yeah. how you felt at the time and what you thought of it. I mean, you was already a Metallica fan. You already had the other albums. I'll admit I didn't have the other I, albums. I, did, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't? So, no, the way that I came on board with them was that I saw the video for one. And honestly, like as a young kid, I was like, well, this is kind of scary. I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. <laughs> um, and then it was the music videos for the Black Album. Like once the Inner Sandman video came out, I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. And so... And I didn't buy the album when it first came out because I didn't, I knew them, but I didn't know them that well. I had friends that were into Metallica and they all seemed like they were all the cool kids. And so I knew like, oh, one day I got to get the end of this because all these people with great musical taste all like Metallica makes sense. But it was several months later when I finally bought the Black Album. The first thing I bought was the single, uh, a cassette single right. with single. Inner. It was Inner Sandman. I feel like it was Stone Cold Crazy on the other side of the cassette single. Nice. Um, and then played the fuck out of that. And so, you know, a few months later, I, I got the Black Album. And I was like, it. it's weird because that's probably the best example of me becoming kind of an instant fanatic over a band. Because once I heard that album, it was one that, I wanted to just listen to over and over again. Hmm. And then little by little, every time I got the chance to go, because around that time in, in where I lived in, in, in Austin, Texas, they started to spring up these used CD stores. And every time I would go to the UCD store, I would try to find another Metallica album. And so it became, right. that became my thing where I went back and got completely obsessed over everything they did. And I, and I feel like I, I'm glad that I heard them when I did, because 
I think part of that is why I'm so open to them doing different things. Like I, I appreciate Lulu. I actually really enjoy things about that. And I enjoy saying anger and things like that, but it's because when you, if you go listen to kill them all and, and, and the black album, and then put master puppets in the middle of that, you're like, well, shit, these guys kind of just do whatever they feel. And it comes out really fucking great. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm, that's why I feel like it was the right time for me because I'm like, yeah, I discovered all of that together. I, I, I got to experience instead of being a guy that's like, oh man, I wish they would do another kill them all. I didn't like this fade to black shit or whatever. <laughs> I was a guy that came in on board with this fully formed band that had done these five albums. And so, uh, yeah, I was quickly obsessed and have been obsessed pretty much ever since. So, and I feel like there's a there's a scale of which you can like measure like how much someone is obsessed with a band quote unquote selling out by which point they gave up on Metallica. So like yeah. you have the people that gave up on load and reload because it wasn't metal metal anymore. And then you have the people that thought the black album was too commercial. Then you've got uh, <clears throat> and justice for all. They were like, they made a video and then you've got the people that were pissed off about fade to black and it's it's just this kind of like scale and you eventually end up with the people that only like kill them all <laughs> which which is what which is why like i really hope that when metallica puts out another album it's something that's just going to piss people off like it would make me so happy for them to put out something that's just just going to fuck with everybody cuz then 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 all the real fans can continue on with our lives yeah. everyone else can just yeah. go do something else it's always going to piss someone off, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, I guess there's, so. there's always people who ain't happy. There's always, you know, they could they could release another Kill 'Em All, and there'll still be like a, a load of fans will be like, no, no, you got to still be doing stuff like some anger. You know? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, really like yeah. Death Magnetic. I thought that was a <clears throat> true return to form and the closest oh, yeah. thing, the closest thing to the Black Album that they've ever done, really, for me. Black Album, go for, just fast forward to Death Magnetic, and then that you know that's that stuff in the middle mm-hmm. i disagree see i, I know, disagree I know disagree and I so love, does, and so does and reload are brilliant they're absolutely brilliant no. southern rock stroke metal albums or whatever and you know I mean, there's there's so many influences there you know i know they were touring with corrosion at the time and all this kind of stuff and they took a lot of influence from that um <clears throat> but to me that just makes it even better i found yeah like... i've oh sorry go ahead <laughs> i cut you off uh I've always found like mid nineties albums tend to be that tends to be the era of like the grower album for me. Like mm. any any albums released in the mid nineties, I've grown to like more over time as opposed to stuff from the early nineties where it's like in instant love right out of the gate. But yeah, I've, I've found that you know load and reload have actually aged pretty gracefully. You know, yeah, the, the yeah, better, for, for me too stuff on it yeah and and i've said i've said many times that metallica is my favorite band because they did load reload saint anger lulu all of these things tried to make a fucking movie and it it didn't do well for them all of those things are reasons why i love that band if they if they were just a band that was like exodus that kept on putting out kind of the same album over and over again all the time i would have lost interest and i would just been like yeah they're fine but i'm not really interested anymore 
Yeah. yeah. I do like St. Anger. We do put it on, don't we? Yeah. Especially the tracks St. Anger. Lulu. Even the tracks, even the tracks on St. Anger that I didn't like as much years ago, those have become ones that all have some part of it that I go, this is fucking great. And so, you know, so now I'm like, now I'm like the vocal champion of that album. I'm just like, anytime I can talk about how great it is, I'm going to do it because there's too many people hating on it. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Gets a bad reputation. We're reading some Black Album facts, and we 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 read that um, I think it was Lars, Jason, and James Kirk. Were, or Kirk. They're all, all going through all a going through a divorce at the time of the whole recording yeah. of the Black Album. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know that until we was uh, like looking deeper into it. Um, but imagine that just being in the studio day after day, and they've got all that going on, but they just completely had to shelve that to get the get the album done yeah yeah, yeah. i think think about the ex-wives who could have divorced them a year later <laughs> yeah with 48 million copies under their belt but they were kicking yeah. themselves man Jesus. yeah and 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 now 20 or 30 years later james is getting another divorce he so, is you know. yeah yeah oh dear oh dear. and the the un, is it the unforgiven and the god that failed is um about James Hetfield uh, growing up in a religious home, isn't it? I think that's what those tracks are about. So it's yeah. deeply it's personal yeah. stuff on the Black Album. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you feel on, on Injustice for All, you had Dyer's Eve, which was all about his parents and his relationship with them and their faith and stuff. So he would sneak in personal stuff. He's just really good at kind of masking it. Well, on some albums, he's really good at masking it under other things, and you don't really know what it's he's talking about. And then you get want to bring it up again saint anger where it's literally just all <laughs> on the table yeah. but um yeah i don't know how long we could go on about each album so we might have to move on um no worries. yeah i i actually gotta at nine o'clock your time i gotta get out of here to go pick up my daughter so we got an hour yeah i think so we, we can, can do it we can do it can't we well that's so the then. pearl jams <laughs> 10 was the next one august the 27th 1991 yeah um like you always say, Head, because I obviously listen to Crankton Rank. Um, it's a rock album. This they're a rock and roll band. Um, yeah, it's not grunge, and that is why it's the test of time, isn't it? Probably, and and the wider appeal of Pearl Jam. I mean, you when you put it on, it is just a masterpiece, isn't it? Of yeah, of 100%. rock and roll, you know, from start to finish. Even the ballad stuff is just yeah, yeah. sensational. And it's just a constant loop, isn't it? You know, it finishes the way it starts, isn't it? It's I really- love that. You can just yeah. hit play again. It just continues and continues, which is which was genius at the time. You know, I mean, there's been bands that have done that since. I think you know, I think the last one I can think of is probably the last Ghost album. It kind of looped. It finishes on the riff where it began in the beginning. <laughs> <I'm getting confused. laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's quite a clever way of. You want to step into his world? <laughs> yeah. You really? It's don't. a constant loop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's that was just like one of the kind of the genius kind of elements of that album, you know? Yeah. I've always thought, I've always thought 10 sounded like sonically. It just sounds otherworldly. Like it doesn't sound like any other album they did. They, it's just so wet and it's got so much reverb on it. And it's, I just, I've always found myself drawn to this album in particular, just because of how, like, I can't think of any other album that sounds like it maybe core by stone temple pilots but like and and i'll also say i love stone temple pilots i i think they were doing their own thing anyway it just so happened to be 
the early nineties when I never people... really got the comparisons. You know, I, yeah, I, don't, it... I don't think they were I, apart from like you know, Wayland's voice was a, a bit yeah. similar. <laughs> but everyone sung like that in the nineties anyway, didn't they? So there you go. Yeah, I, I think with them it didn't help them that their first album came out the same day as Alice in Chains' Dirt. Yeah. And then some of the music on on Core sounded kind of like Dirt, and the, both the album covers looked so similar. Yeah. So everyone was yeah. just like, what is going on here? So it really was just kind of like, hey, kids, we're grunge too. Come listen yeah. to us. But very quickly, yeah, we, we all... We got someone we there all... buried in the desert on their album cover. Come yeah. on. Yeah. We fried yeah, a tree or something. We figured out eventually that it was good shit, but at the at first, but even even with Pearl Jam, and if I if I remember correctly, I didn't get into Pearl Jam at first. It was after Nirvana, so it was once Nevermind came out, which we'll get to that one. Um, I started, I guess, to turn my ear towards this like alternative rock that seemed like at the time, like if I remember right, it was referred to as college rock over yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't listen to a lot of that stuff. So your your Jane's addictions and bands like that. Um, the only one that he was even similar that I listened to already was Chili Peppers, and we'll get to them too. But so uh, so Pearl Jam was a thing that was like, oh, I'm I'm into this sound. Let's move into this, and then I got Pearl Jam. It, it almost seems like all of these albums I got all of them within like a like the same month probably. Yeah, just yeah. like just because of like. Because at that point, you know, I was a I was a kid that just watched MTV any chance that I got, and you saw yeah. all of these music videos. And so, if there was a one album that you went, ah, this is not really connecting with me yet. As soon as you hear Even Flow for the twelfth time, you're like, no, 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 this is this shit's good. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as yeah, I saw yeah. the video where he's climbing along, um, climbing up on the rigging, is it yeah. Even Flow? Isn't it? Yeah, that's alive. Alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so that or video... no, maybe it is, maybe it is even flow. Either way, they're just like they're filmed at the same fucking yeah. show. Yeah. So. Well, we don't we don't watch music videos anymore, so I can't fucking remember. But oh, I do one, all the time. Whatever that one is, that where he's climbing on the rigging at the top, um, I was like, I'm getting an album, and I went and got yeah. that album. It was yeah. Like, yeah, um, we have spoke about this before. There's a fame that there's an infamous gig. Pearl Jam actually came over to where we live in South End in Essex and played this venue called the Esplanade um on their little uk tour back in when it was just before it was released so they played over here and all the locals all they had released was a single yeah all the locals and that went down check them out and it's like the venue's not even there now it's like it's been made into flats but yeah you'd probably get 100 people in there if you were lucky everyone from around we've said this before everyone around this area says that they were at the gig i'll admit i wasn't at the gig even though i used to go two gigs down there i was not at the gig but mm. yeah, it's like the stuff of legend. There's no photos of them, or because you didn't take cameras into gigs in 1991. There was, you weren't it allowed, was yeah. it? It was like oh, we used you know, to have a magazine. You have have it down your pants. We used to have a magazine here called Kerrang, and every um, I'm sure you remember that Eddie, the Kerrang magazine. But um, they used to do um, they'd do like a classic gig, and they'd write about the gig, and they'd do like a photo of the set list. They did put that Pearl Jam gig in that. I remember buying that episode. And that um, edition of the, of the magazine, but um, yeah. but that's the only time I've ever seen it mentioned. But but like like Perk said, like I know 
a billion people in South End who would swear they were at that yeah. gig. And the, I know that venue the, is not big enough to hold that many people. All the guys from all the hardcore bands around here say they were at the gig. You know, we, we believe them, don't we? No. <laughs> um, uh, another thing I wanted to mention is we actually in, would say interviewed, we talked to Dave Cruzen, the original drummer. Um, wow. oh. the drummer, of, the drummer of ten, um, yeah. he's a band called Sons of Silver from the LA Strip, and it's um, the ex Candlebox bass players in in the band as well. It's one of our episodes. Go back and listen to it if you get time. But um, yeah, it was really cool. And he 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 said at the time of when he recorded ten, they were recording Mother Love Bone as well. So the other guys were recording that, Whoa. and it was like in and out of the studio. Is what he was saying, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was uh, Temple of the Dog. No, Temple of the Dog, not Mother yeah. Love Bone. So they were all recording oh, okay. the same studio. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were all like walking yeah, between so, each other's rooms, and and, and he know. and then he recorded ten, and he also said there's um like extra tracks that were recorded then, yeah, and they've never, been, never released. been released. Yeah, that's what he said. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you think I mean, like, I... when these like twenty year anniversary editions come out of all these extra tracks, you think like. God, they've really like scraped the bottom of the barrel there and stuff, and you know, and, and it's all amazing stuff. And it's uh, you know, it sort of takes them back to that time, but there's still stuff that sitting in vaults somewhere that's never come out. Yeah. Well, maybe it's crazy. They, maybe maybe doesn't Dave doesn't know that they've lost them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so, but, and, and so all, all the you have to remember all these albums we're talking about. Um, this young gentleman was not even born. No, but he loves uh, them as much as we all do, right? Yeah, you can tell that. I mean, the passion he's got for, for back catalogues is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, tell yeah. us, the first time you listened, the first time you heard 10, can you remember? Oh, I must have been about, must have been about 12. Yeah. Um, it just so happened that, you know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to my uncle, uh, his big influence on, me as a you know musician and uh you know he's into all the same stuff i'm into um yeah he's he's your age so he was around for the first time around um but i remember asking him i said i was under the impression that because he had the live ship binge and purge box set he was like well if he got that metallica is his favorite band yeah (laughs) but i asked him and he actually turned around and said actually there's this band called pearl jam check this out and i heard i think black was the first song i heard but it was it was one of those times where you know I was into really heavy stuff, but to hear a song that good is just undeniable. Like I I heard Black and I immediately thought this is insane, and then I went and heard the rest of the album, and it's all that level of quality. And I'm like, I I must I must have this. And then mm-hmm. about and then about two years later, I turned fourteen and then just did a massive grunge deep dive but 10 was there from the beginning so you're yeah, so literally we're talking about a time so if you're if you're 12 that's 2010 2011 yeah and so and so it's it's literally already in a time where you can just go online and mm-hmm. find whatever anything. album you want which which i don't know if that's better or worse because i like the idea <laughs> of being able to find whatever it is that you want yeah um but but I but I I I start thinking like would I like all the same music I like now if I didn't have to save my money to buy one CD and then listen to that one CD over and over again for weeks or whatever? Yeah. Here's the thing though, I was always wary of downloading stuff because I never ever downloaded anything illegally. 
Yeah. So I'll be honest. I didn't know how. So I just, yeah. Lars, if you're listening. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, but I just remember someone told me that they'd spent like 10 quid on an album and I was like, Oh, okay, let's see it. They were like, Oh, Oh, it's just a download on my phone. And it's like, well, if you spend 10 pounds, I at least want something I can hold on to. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to go out and buy it. So pretty much every album on my phone, barring the stuff that's on Spotify, because it's like too expensive on CD, uh, like to, to get now, say like you find like a grunge truck album and it's like 200 quid. I'm like, okay, I can't ju- really justify that purchase, <laughs> but like, um, you, you know, if I can go out and buy 10 for 10 quid, conveniently, uh, you know, I just went out and I supported the artist. I, I always had that kind of mindset where I was like, I get something, they get something. I was just going to say it, it makes sense because like probably at least half of my vinyl collection is me later on in life going back and creating that biography of myself yeah you know if like so there's things in there that i absolutely love and would never part with and then there are other things i'm like man i love this so much when i was 14 yeah and it, i don't like it as much now but i like how much i liked it back in the day and yeah, so i exactly, it's, yeah. it's a it, it's a nice memory more than it is an actual great album so yeah 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 so no, notable tracks on there jeremy amazing track We've, we've just sort of written down what, what you know, briefly. There was about gun violence in school and apparently Eddie Vedder, someone in his school shot up his school or there was someone with a gun in his school and it really hit home and it reminded him. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the, the story was he, school. I think he killed himself at school. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was based on, I believe it was based on two school shootings, one where a child went into school and opened fire and killed the teacher and a couple of other kids or whatever. And one was his own experience, which was a kid came into school and killed himself. So, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, I, I like, you know, that was 1991 and I think it was yesterday, some idiot in um, Thailand oh, came and Thailand, killed yeah. 36 kids in the school. So that was today. Yeah. yeah. That was today. Yeah. yeah. him. So yeah. what's changed? Fucking nothing. Not just the frequency of the events. They're they're more often more, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you, know, you think about every track on the album, and you know, you, yeah, we got, got even flow was um, about a homeless Vietnam vet struggling with mental illness. Thing is, we, we've we've re, like researched this again. We knew all this stuff at, when it came out. You know, read in magazines at the time, but you have to mm-hmm. remind yourself, don't you? Because it was thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I have to pinch myself head when I think that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, these the forty-four days in ninety-one was thirty years ago, which, and I know I know there's no <laughs> podcast on it, which I, well, I thought it would be such a good idea to do it. Um, yeah, it's more of a tribute episode, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, alive. Eddie's lyrics about his experience, thinking he's stepfather was his real father when he wasn't or there's maybe there was inspiration for that maybe there was a bit of fiction not sure but that's what we can gather from that one yeah the the lyrics are quite clear aren't they in jeremy and alive you know it's like like the story the story is told so well and so straightforward isn't it you kind of you get that gist what i did when i heard it yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time he didn't really mince his words, or he doesn't really mince his words, does he? You know, he's sort of it's all like it's all there. 
I was actually yeah. lucky enough to see them this summer in Hyde Park, London, Pearl Jam, for the first time. I was absolutely oh, wow. blown away by them. I've and heard that I, awesome live. Yeah, and I, I, I've said on the podcast before, our podcast, that we didn't really see it. Even though I went to a lot of festivals in the 90s and a lot of gigs, they had that big thing with Ticketmaster. They didn't come to the UK that often. And the, the, the couple of times they did in the, the prime of those albums. I was there. He went, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, 10 and Versus. I, I didn't see them on. I only just seen them this year. And I think it was worth the wait. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never I've never seen them, but that's only because I have not been very interested in what they've been doing for the past twenty years. So it's all right. It just doesn't really do it for me the same way their first three albums did. I mean, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't go and buy their albums ever. I don't. Yeah, since those since those first three albums, I've not been interested. I'm kind of the same as you, not being really interested. Nothing's really grabbed me, but um, yeah, seeing them live is a different story. Yeah, we better move on from Pearl Jam. All right, <laughs> let's go because we got we're on a time here. We can't yeah. make we can't no, make this a twenty four hour podcast. Well, can we? no. Well, the next one obviously <laughs> was a double, and yeah, it was. Wait, did we already everything skip everything to me? Did we everything? Did we skip Nevermind? No, was Nevermind that's last wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last one. Well, it's last on the list. Oh, last it was on an, list. It was, I thought we were going in order. <laughs> Because that was in August, also I think. Oh, was it? Well, we got, maybe it was September. We got it down no, it was September. September the twenty fourth. Never mind. And, and you're right. You're and, you're and, right, and, you're and right. bad motor finger and blood sugar is all. Is all on September twenty fourth. So it was a yeah. you Guns N' Roses use your illusion one and two. Yes. Was yeah. next. Yes. Um, go hobo. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. You know, I mean, I, I know you guys have, have, you know, you've done a podcast where you've sort of wrestled it down to to one album, which yeah, I thought yes. was a really interesting concept. Yeah. Um, and we sat down a couple of weeks ago and we tried to do the same because thing. Because of you. And <laughs> dear God, it was hard. It yeah. was so hard yeah. to sort of cut songs out. Especially when Eddie left that uh, Double Talking Jive. I mean, I can oh, never shit. leave that. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the the thing is, yeah. though, it's like you're you're working with like nearly thirty songs. And yeah. It's, mm. it's, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, that one was a big deal because I was I think out of all of these bands, well, no, I was already really into Chili Peppers and Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So this was like a really anticipated album, but Same. once again, it was that it was that thing where I could only afford to buy one. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when they came out, I bought Use Your Illusion One. Yeah. Because like, you know, which is weird because like the the one that sold more copies was number it was two. two. It was two, yeah. And it, in my brain, I'm like, how could you buy that one first? You yeah. gotta start with number one. <laughs> so I like did, so yeah. I, but it was <laughs> it was it was obviously because of You Could Be Mine. Right? I bought number two because yeah. of You Could Be Mine video. I fell in love with that video. I think and that's why most people and bought it. And, and people were buying it just because they wanted that song from that film. Yeah. I'm assuming that's yeah. why it sold more. I love yeah. that bit in the video where he like looks at Axel and it does the like yeah. assessment. Yeah. Waste of ammo. Waste of ammo, like, yeah. yeah. They look at each yeah. other, don't they? And yeah. then they yeah. just both walk off and it's just like, so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, isn't it? Oh, absolutely that, but those albums christ i mean there, there's a version you can buy you could buy in the uk i don't know if you i don't even know if you still can but um i don't know if you guys have ever seen it but the cover is like split in half and you've got like yeah. the orange and the blue and that has been knocked down to like one cd's worth but i've never looked at the track listing but i'm gonna have to 
have a look I've and never just seen that. I've yeah, never it'd even be seen interesting that. to see what they took out. Yeah. You know, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, no, that was when that came out, especially that first, the first album. There, when it came out, there was no skipping any of those tracks. Like it no, was like no. every single song to me was amazing on that on that album. Yeah, um, I mean, especially like. Like that's the thing is that you know it's my favorite out of the two, um, but mostly because of the strength of like just just fucking coma on its own. The song coma oh, yeah. is unlike anything that Guns N' Roses did before or since. Yeah, and it's just insane the songwriting of that song. Yeah, because if yeah. you listen to the whole the whole last couple of minutes of the song, it keeps changing keys over and over again, That's not right. going back to the same thing it was playing before. And Axel is still singing something over each part. And I'm just like, how long did that fucking take to throw together? <laughs> like, that's it, insane. But it's yeah. also their longest, the longest song they've ever recorded. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, but what a song. But when you listen to it, it doesn't feel long, does it? It's just like, no, no, it's just all. genius. It's absolute genius. So that's yeah. that, uh, that sold 35 million copies worldwide. Yeah. Not as much as the Black Album, which I always kind of believed that the Illusion sold more, but didn't. Well, and they, yeah. They, yeah, go for it. I, well, there was a weird thing that happened, especially over in America, where here's here was the trajectory. So Guns N' Roses was connected to the 80s hair metal scene. Yeah. Metallica was not. So once Nirvana and everybody came in this way, it's like Guns N' Roses kind of got tipped off at the side. And then yeah. for some reason, Metallica just got carried along with the grunge stuff. It was okay to be into the to the heavy metal stuff. Yeah. But if there was the hair metal thing was a bit different, wasn't it? If, yeah. If there was any trace to like the eighties hard rock scene, then that stuff started selling less and less and less and less records, like real quick, which is pretty weird. Mm. Yeah. But let me ask you this head. If the illusions was one album, like you, like you guys turned it into, and Mm. it went toe to toe with the black album throughout history. What would have sold more? Probably the black album. Yeah, yeah. black album. Yeah. Because if you think if you I think about the it, the 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 only like if you if you listen like going in, you know, over here in like department stores or just listening on some random radio station, out of all of the songs on both of those albums, the only song you ever hear is November Rain. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas the black album, you hear all of those singles still maybe not wherever I may roam, but I think I hear every other single from that album on regular rotation, just randomly out and about. And so I think the strength of those songs, Typical, it would have ended up. Rome yeah. is my fucking you're favorite. A, yeah. you're, a, you're a lucky man because you have rock radio in the U S um, kind of, you know, we don't even have that. We don't even yeah. have, we have, we have a couple of channels, but, if you've listened to planet i've spoken about this to matt stocks but when we have you get planet rock but that's just real classic rock they hardly ever tip into anything other um and they've got the new wave of british rock a few songs but you don't get metallica on it and stuff like that you, you know you get it you get k rock like the vegas channel k rock and stuff but when i used to go to vegas like that channel you used to get a higher car and Listen to that all the time. Listen to it in your hotel room, whatever. K Rock. We don't have that. We never had that. You know, yeah, like rock, all your stuff. Talking, all these albums for you are like mainstream albums. Like, they don't. They're not over here. They're not. Yeah, rock radio over here now is it's all pretty much just classic rock, 
but they've now included a little bit of the 80s and the 90s, just a little bit. So you'll hear Alice in Chains and Metallica and stuff like that, but it's still Boston and Jimi <laughs> Hendrix and yeah. all of this stuff. Like it's 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 still a majority 70s rock music. They just throw in a few from the two decades after. But that's I mean, but that's where I live anyway. There's no if you if you, there's like plus well plus now every time somebody says oh it's a new rock band yeah and I'm all like this is literally another one of those bands where it's a good one guitar player and one drummer and they're just playing some basic ass blues crap yeah and that's yeah, that yeah. I'm supposed to, to accept that as what rock and roll is now I'm like no thanks <laughs> well so the Illusions debuted at number one in the US and I think they reached is it six or something over here that you know. Um, I remember seeing them on MTV. You know MTV News, that, that Kurt Lauder guy. But you had the, all the people queuing around the block to yeah, get the illusions yeah. at midnight on the, yep. um, on the 17th of September, 91. And, and that the excitement of that, I mean, just made you couldn't wait to get out and get the album, you know? Yeah, oh, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I bought it on tape and then... Yeah, same here. And do you know what happened? I got I got friendly with this postman. I used to do a paper round. I got friendly with a postman. I got chatting to him about Guns N' Roses, and he went, oh, I wish I bought the tapes, but I bought the CDs. And I was like, I'd love to have the CDs. And he just swapped. He literally, he was like, he must have been like 15 years older than me or something. Nice. He just took my tapes and gave me the CDs. And I was like, I just got a CD player. I was like, Un- unknown. That's amazing. an unknown. This is an unknown fact here. Yeah. 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 Lee, what did you feel when you well, first heard The Illusions then? What song got you on to listen to the illusions? If you can even remember that, damn. Uh, probably it was probably you could be mine, like that. You know, tied in with Terminator Two, like match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so good. So many <laughs> memories there. Some of those, some of those tracks, though, I've got to admit. At, when I first used to listen to them, I did automatically think this this track's not good enough for the illusions. You fucking take that back. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking it back. There is a I mean I, 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 I agree. There are there are a couple that I wish were better. Um, but only in comparison to what also is on the album. I mean that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't the thing know. Is, though, Following up appetite is a task in itself, yeah. like with anything. But yeah, it, it, it's another set of grower albums for me. I hear new stuff every time I listen to them. Yeah, there's so much there. It, there's there? there's all yeah. those um, like noises Axel makes and like yeah. the, the, those sort of over those little over voices Ooh, and all that and it just comes <laughs> yeah. in you just like, and it just stuff he says at the end of tracks and you've got what the- i that's the thing is i really wish that they i could watch studio footage because i have to like just just the idea that axel rose is in the is in the vocal booth and he's like hold on a second i'm gonna do this thing on the end of this song hold on a second and he goes and like and everyone's like what the fuck and then you know and who knows if the rest of the band was like why it's just like just just go with it everyone's gonna love it but that kind of the rest of the band weren't even there he was doing yeah probably 
Um, I was just going to say that ties into kind of what I always think about when, you know, you know that bit in Jeremy from, um, you know, 10 is that part where he just starts going, yeah, but that's the thing I do too, but it's one of those things where I wish I could have seen it happen in the studio. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. He was having like face. virtually a fit when he was doing that, wasn't he? Yeah. That's probably politically incorrect to even say that, isn't it? No, you get away with that. Two two little things about the illusions <laughs> that I did want to mention. Um, the estranged video, oh. right? It's just outrageous. The the budget on it and stuff. The axle oh, jumping yeah. off an oil tank. Slashes floating down the sunset strip, and he. Blows, I mean, that was that before CGI. That he probably did jump off that oil tanker. He probably had to like hire that fucking oil yeah, tanker. Well, well, you, well, you got to you got to remember uh, Terminator 2 used CGI. So it was around the same time that CGI was first starting out. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so that'd the, have been a little bit. The main thing about that video I had to mention to use to is right at the end where Axel takes a loving little look over oh, the to dolphin, the dolphin. The dolphin and yeah. the dolphin starts going, <laughs> like talking yeah, back yeah. to him and they kind of <laughs> hug and embrace yeah. it. It's just like. It's so fucking cheesy. And I thought yeah. that then. I thought that yeah. when I was 17. I didn't. Like, yeah. I just thought he was a ghost. What was he thinking? Putting that little bit of him and the dolphin at the end. And dolphin goes, <laughs>, laughs at him. Like, if I can see it now, I mean, it's so funny. Oh, oh and it's been ages since I've watched it. But his trainer no, falls really down to the it. bottom. You're going to watch it now, His you? trainer falls <laughs> to the bottom of the sea, and it's just got Axel oh, written yeah. on the back of it. Yeah. That, I love all these, that. I love all that. I've got these three. These They did a. They did three different full-length VHSs, and each one of, is the I've making gone. of each video. Yes. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah. And so, yeah, those are pretty fun to watch. And the live in Tokyo ones. Those are great too. That, oh, that, that, yeah. that's, those are the videos that I always point out when somebody's like, well, why, who gives a shit about Guns N' Roses? I'm like, just watch them as a live band around 91, 92. Yes. Like, like there was no front man doing what Axl Rose did. And, you know, maybe, maybe Steven Tyler, but not, not the, the energy. There was just, no, I mean, mate. he was just a, a step above all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like all those live videos, like every, everything he said, between every song is up here it's, it's still in my head i can remember yeah. every word you know like when the paris stuff where he was like slagging off warren beat yes yeah. i can remember every bit of it now every bit of it you know so listen starts, home fuck yeah yeah and, he, and he's like i got hit in the dick with a bit didn't he, he says something like that because a lighter hits him or something yeah. and oh, this yeah. this fucking interpreter please all that shit is brilliant <laughs> this parasitic man <laughs> <laughs> you see, we never used to watch the Tokyo videos, even though I had them. I thought that because I, I had this thing, I don't like that. Like the, I, I thought the crowd were really boring in those videos, and yeah. I, and, and and it was quite dark. And I, I found the Paris live the gig Paris that, one that started rec- during the day. Yeah, like, I recorded yeah. it live. It was on like a special on Sky One. It was like Labatt special, the yeah, whole Paris right. gig. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz comes out. Yeah, does, was uh, awesome. Mama's, um, Mama's, um, my Mama says, is it? No. Try again. Always on the run. Always on the run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the album. Kravitz, the album is yeah. called Mama Said. That's there right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so <laughs> Lenny Kravitz does that, and that's brilliant. He's absolutely on fire with Slash. And then Aerosmith come out at the end of that gig, and they do Train Kept a Rolling and that, didn't they? Yeah. And Mama King. Yeah. It's just outstanding. We've watched it a million times, and like he says, every single word is like like a cult cult quote now. Yeah. Everything yeah, Axel yeah. said in between. Yeah. 
But I, I thought what I thought was really funny on your one is when, <laughs> was it you, Eddie, that said about the end of getting the ring where Duff does that, I've just been beaten up. Raining uh, guns and roses. Yeah. It's the same as the dolphin. I just think, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. I've always really, but I've always really loved that because I just, I, I just, I would for one day love to like be in a, a rock band where you were just convinced that you were hot shit yeah. and, yeah. and you were a badass. Cause I just, it must feel great. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. like when yeah. they made that song and when Duff does that part of the song, you know, he walked away being like, nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Was- yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. And the rest of the world were like, no, they weren't. Oh, they, but they were cool, weren't they? And they, they were like the bad boys. Of, you know, they, they were going to like the MTV Awards and beating Kurt Cobain up and shit like that, weren't they? They were, yeah. like, they were the hard men, weren't they? Yeah, I remember Axel yeah. Rose said to Courtney Love and um, Kurt, he said to Kurt Cobain, I don't remember it like I was there, but do you know what I mean? It was in the press. <laughs> oh, I know the story, yeah. It was in the press. He, he said um, to Kurt Cobain, shut your bitch up or I'm going to put her to the curb. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking rock and roll, isn't it? You know what I mean? But then the second part of that story is that he says, tell your bitch to shut up. And then Kurt turns to her and says, shut up, bitch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It shows you we had a good sense of humor as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Head. No, um, no. With us, it was like a lot of people around the time were like, "Oh, if you like Nirvana, you can't like Guns N' Roses. Axel's a cock, or, or you can't like Metallica. That's just metal. If you like grunge, but fuck that." And I've always yeah. been the same. I've liked it all. I liked mm-hmm. it all. You know, I've never been yeah. one type. I just like it all, and I don't care if, if it's if it, if it never cared if it was cool to like Nirvana and not GNR. I've just like no, like it all. Well, I'll, been the I'll be the first to admit, all I listened to was Guns N' Roses until Nevermind came out. And then yeah. overnight, I stopped listening to Guns N' Roses. That was the end of it. All That's I wanted, all I wanted, <laughs> all I wanted was more Nirvana and, you know, more of the grunge thing. Yeah, I got well into it. Yeah. I didn't listen to Guns N' Roses for a long time, you know. I mean, they weren't releasing anything anyway, right? But um... I never did <laughs> yeah. again. I mean, they're, they're talking about the illusions. Um... 14 years was sung by Izzy, wasn't it? That was kind of his parting parting track. He was left the band as they were released, wasn't they? Yeah. Yeah. He left as they got released. Yeah. He's never confirmed it, but a lot of people say that that was written because he knew when that when he wrote that when he wrote that song, he'd known Axel Rose for 14 years. And a lot mm. of people reckoned that that was about their relationship. I mean, how true that is, I don't know. Interesting. I suppose only, I mean, only a, Izzy knows, I suppose. It's a good yeah. theory. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed out. The only band from this group that we're talking about that I've seen is Metallica. And that's, and that's, and that's mostly because back when I wanted to see them a lot, obviously I didn't get to see Nirvana because they were done before I was able to get to gigs a lot. Yeah. But, um, but the other ones, they just lost my interest. So I'm like, well, you know, I couldn't get out to the gigs in the early nineties, but then later on in life, I'm like, I'm not really that bothered to pay all the money to go see yeah. them. Yeah. It's different for you, though, isn't it? Bollock, if you, so. if you want to... <laughs> I was still in a bollock. Um, for you, though, it's like if you want to go to a gig, it could be a fucking four-hour drive, couldn't it, though, Head? You know, for us, it's like London's yeah. 50 minutes on a, on a train in a straight line. Yeah, so not, no, I've gotten to the point now that I live in a big enough city. I mean, I live in one of the biggest cities in the yeah. country, and so if the tour doesn't come here, well, I'm like, well, no, fuck it, I'm not going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. So we let, unfortunately, <clears throat> our deep love of the illusions would have to move on. 
to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, September the 24th, 1991. Blood Sugar Sets Magic, the album. I mean, my friend got me into those. I think he yeah, he got the Breaking the Girl CD single, played me that, and then all of a sudden everyone was getting the album. That's a weird song to get into. Yeah, I know. And we got we got yeah. I got the album and it's brilliant. And I did revisit it when I started listening to the, the seven albums again on shuffle these last couple of weeks, just to remind myself how good they are. Not that I need to remind him. No. <laughs> but forgot, as I said in my tweet, how actually good Blood Sugar Sets Magic is and the guitar yeah. on it. I mean, yeah. Um, we, 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 we read that John Fasson, uh, Fasch- is it Fashante? I don't know. Fashante. Anyway, so he, he, all those guitar solos he did on this album were done in the first or second take. And that wow. was it. No fucking about done. it. Laid down, done. And and, and yeah. it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Even the start of uh, Under the Bridge, that little a little riff from the guitar pit, it's just legendary, isn't it? Yeah, it is legendary, yeah. yeah. And uh, they all stayed in, uh, Rick Rubin produced it, and they all stayed in his mansion, didn't they, for three months recording it? Apart no, from, one of them was scared. Apart it was from haunted. Chad Smith. Cause, yeah, because it was well known that his mansion was haunted or whatever. Um, and they all stayed there. They all thrived on that, apart from Chad Smith, who refused to stay there. Wow. It's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you guys feel about that album? That, w- that was, out of all these, that's the one that I bought, I think, the day it came out. Because right. I was already a really huge Chili Peppers fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, I got this one. And at first, I actually didn't really like it that much because right. of... I remember the first couple of songs, I'm like, oh, these are pretty good. But then it got to Breaking the Girl. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, eventually they're just going to bust into something funky here. Because why would they do a song like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the song ended up just playing out as this song, which now I think is a brilliant song. Yeah. But at the time, it was probably my first taste of a band kind of throwing a curveball and me not being ready for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, But that was definitely it was a grower because at first i was like it's pretty good but then you know multiple listens in i'm like oh no there's tons of bangers on this album i'd have to say though out of all of these albums we're talking about it's probably my least favorite of them yeah and i said that on the way here but yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah. um but yeah and yeah it's still it still has a lot of memories for me you know i can remember yeah. listening to it like you know in like yeah like girls bedrooms and all this kind of stuff and having it on in the background all that kind of stuff like at that time um the the underbridge video i mean i used to watch mtv all day every day then yeah and i saw that so many times when he's running down you know yeah the bridge downtown (laughs) like yeah it's it's just epic isn't it i mean that that just catapulted them into like widespread popularity even though they had a of solid back catalogue, which I never knew about at the time until I saw Under the Bridge, the video. And then my friend yeah. had the What Hits. It was like the compilation of that was a great compilation. all of yeah. their previous well-good stuff and yeah. a couple of things off Blood Sugar. I think I think Under the Bridge was on there. I'm not even sure, but no, that's how we got into that their was, back catalogue through What Hits. Blood Sugar came out, wasn't it? What Hits, I think. Yeah, so What Hits was that. after. Oh, oh yeah. was it? I thought it was after. Yeah. Right. And that got us into all the other stuff. And then the, my, my mate bought Mother's Milk and that was like, Oh yeah, all that's that, the all album. that really that's the album for me. That's so oh, good. Yeah, like same. when we got that, and we was like, oh yeah, all that funky. Um, oh, it's really funky and fast, isn't it? The Magic Johnson song and all that. It's like fucking well good. 
and there's yeah. stuff on mother's milk that you know borders on funk metal you know let alone you know funk rock so it's like yeah. you know good good time boys even higher ground nobody weird like me like that was all like pretty heavy stuff yeah. but like they were also you know good enough songwriters to translate to softer stuff that still comes off really really good and i think that is where this album is is at its strongest that yeah. like cohesion yeah 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 i've read somewhere it was supposed to be a double album as well but, um, I mean, by, <laughs> by, by today's standards, it is pretty damn. You know, it's like when you think about albums that came out in the eighties, and then and then album that and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's what an hour long, or it's yeah. pretty long. Yeah, it is a long album. It was like 17, 18 tracks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, correctly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, great album. Great Give it album. away. That was a big hit on MTV, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. Give it away. Yep. huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, that that song still holds up today as as, as great, doesn't it? You, it, it, does, you know, it doesn't yeah. doesn't sound like an old track. It still stands. Uh, it sounds great now, yeah. doesn't it? I need to revisit it really. <laughs> but I mean, I've yeah. always I've always sort of preferred the Chili Peppers with with Johnny. And I love his I love his vocal harmonies. You know, I love I, I like his solo yeah. stuff as well. I'm quite a big fan of his. So, you know, mm-hmm. great album, great album. But yeah, yeah, out of this list, yeah, unfortunately, it's probably at the bottom for me. I'll go with that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why. Eddie, Eddie how do you feel? What, 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 is, your, <laughs> I, what is your bottom for this? I'm I'm going to say the same because, like, yeah. I do feel bad putting any of these at the bottom of anything, but, I mean, they're all great. That's the thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Okay. Yeah. Should we leave blood sugar? And I mean, something has to be at the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> And it's like it's not like oh that's the greatest album ever and that's the worst album ever. They're all still right at the top, aren't they? Right? Yeah, yeah we yeah. can agree on that. There's not we'll a bad track on the forty days in ninety one, yeah. except for my world. <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, I would have cut Dust and Bones, by the way. No, oh, I said it. No way. I said it. Oh, here we go. I said it. But right next door to hell, I bloody adore that track. Right next door to hell. See? Love that. <laughs> oh, Love genius. that. Me. <laughs> this goes to all the guns and fuck shit. So right, let's jump forward. Uh, also on the twenty twenty fourth of September nineteen ninety one was Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger. Although it may it may have been the eighth of October, but let's not worry about oh, that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> What are our notes on this? Kim File said it was the heavy metal equivalent of the White Album. A bold statement. Is that is that say his name? Kim File? Kim Thale. Yeah. Thale. Thale. He yeah. said it was the yeah heavy metal equivalent of the White Album. I don't think he still stands by that. I, I don't get what the I don't get the connection. He's between... well. The only connection that I read was that it's quite psychedelic in a lot of ways, and that was kind yeah. of why he said it. Maybe. Yeah. I find a lot of what grunge bands say about their music is off to any one thing. And, you know, whenever I've seen, like, interviews with them, they're never like, this is the heaviest fucking thing we've ever done. Because they're like, that's not what they're about, really. Even yeah. if they are heavy, they're always like, it's more than that. And I think that's cool, but I don't know. It's It's sometimes a hard thing to navigate because it's kind of like, Okay, but 
what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, awesome it, it, it's quite a heavy album, isn't it, really? It was very, yeah. very dark, wasn't it? You, you know, you're saying grunge, Pearl Jam's 10 is grunge, and then you're saying Bad Motorfinger is grunge. Um, yeah, it's all over. It's, it's not even the same. It's not the same style of music, is it, really? At the end no, of the day, I mean, they all just came from Seattle, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think Bad Motorfinger is closer to what I consider to be grunge, which is because yeah. it's all. It, I always feel like it's all like punk music, but through the lens of like seventies metal or something. Like it's like a weird. Yeah. It's it's got the it's got those the, you know the punk aesthetic, but at the same time they're not shying away from being heavy or having riffs and stuff. Yeah, and I think that that's that's Bad Motorfinger, but Bad Motorfinger also well and Sound just Soundgarden in general. Um, you know, had odd time signatures and odd tunings and all this weird shit. And um, mm. that I just it's so weird that using the term grunge because I'm just like all these bands are so unique. Yeah, and I yeah. almost feel like I would rather just call them the Seattle bands than calling them the grunge bands because yeah, it's like yeah. they all just had their they're from the same sort of area but they all had their own unique thing going on. Exactly that. Like, yeah. I mean, how can you, how could you lump like Alice in Chains or whatever, like in and just say, Oh yeah, that's grunge. You know, I mean, yeah. They were a metal band. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Where like, they all have the, they all have that similar aesthetic, but none of them sonically are actually very much alike. No, um, no. They, they just yeah, it's like the only the only connection is that somebody in the band wore a flannel at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that kind of is it. Um, and you know what? Didn't didn't like um, towards the end of grunge when it stopped dying off. The word grunge wasn't it Walmart or something started putting adverts in papers for like like grunge outfits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they did created, anyone see that? Someone put it on Twitter fashion, the other day. Man. Yeah, they created a grunge fashion. Yeah. and and once you could buy like. Um, flannel shirt and the, the kind of jumper with a couple of holes in it and the crappy jeans yeah. <laughs> um you could go and buy that outfit at walmart and so you were grunge i think that's when it was it died and then they just become the good bands stayed going and just become yeah. hard rock bands metal bands and and, yeah. the, and the grunge thing died off but like i said it was such a short-lived thing wasn't it yeah 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 it was yeah. Uh, i think that's you know in a lot of ways that's what made it kind of special i think you know that whole scene yeah and they, um another thing was um uh, is it Jesus Christ pose? The video was banned by MTV. And it's mm, never yeah. been shown in its full entirety since. So that that would have hindered with those guys hundred percent, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. obviously they come back with Black Hole Sun, and that become massive on MTV. But in the early early days when it really broke, their video was fucking banned. Yeah. Well, they yeah. had they had the video for uh, Outshined that did really well over here. Right. But I don't but not remember this, that video. That's the one where it's like they're in like a weird room. It's like a, it's like is it is the floor covered in sand and Chris Cornell has his shirt off and he's just like yeah. singing. Oh, he doesn't have a guitar. Right. He's just singing. And there's a guy orange. walking on a there's a guy yeah. walking on like a mouse wheel, but it's like a human walking on it. Um, yeah. It's a great video. Yeah. I, I can have remember a look at it that. now. I can remember it now. Like yeah. you're going to look for that dolphin. I'm going to look for that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what the, a, what the, a voice, the, right? Cool. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. But Soundgarden was one that it took me a little bit to get into um, just because there was so much to unwrap in their music for me. Yeah, yeah. And But eventually this became one of my favorite albums of all time. But it, yeah. it took, it took, took 
several months to a year for it to really sink in. I was like, oh, this is like really fucking great stuff. And yeah. then, but I had friends that even even back then they were like, no, fuck that album, louder than loves when they the last good album they made. And I'm like, why? Like because they're both great. But yeah. even back then there were those fans that were like kind of didn't like the fact that they came across kind of like a metal band now. Yeah, yeah. And I had no problem with it, obviously, but yeah, all the people that were like, I, I only liked them and listened to them before they before they like got signed, before they recorded anything. And <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. those, so those it's always people. those people, yeah, yeah. people. You uh, know that cool. there's somebody out there that only collects the demo. He only has the demos <laughs> yeah. of every band. Uh, yeah. That's it. After their demo, they were shit. Yeah, yeah. It's mental, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? There's, there's some people's people mentality. Like, I had... I, I I bought Bad Motorfinger, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't get into it straight away, probably similar to what you were saying. But um, then I got Super Unknown um, when that came out, and that made me go back and revisit Bad Motorfinger, and that's when it really hit me. Yeah. Which is probably kind of a weird way of doing it. But um, but it's like you said earlier, <clears throat> you can't really remember the track names, can you, from Bad Motorfinger? Not so much, no. Just, just um, oh. Rusty Cage. My, yeah. my mate had the Rusty Cage picture disc, and that's how yeah, I got nice. into them. Yeah, and that, I don't know what tracks were on it as well, but that, Slaves that's and Bulldozers is one it. of the heaviest songs of all time, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Drawing, drawing Flies, that really fast one, isn't it? Oh. And then there's songs like Holy Water, that's one of my favorites of theirs. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, kind of a slower track, and Mind Riot is amazing. <laughs> it's I a love really room, room a Thousand Years Wide. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one coming earlier because we had the we had the well, we were setting up. We had it on the shuffle, and it's like there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fantastic. I mean, anyone who hasn't heard any of these albums, it would be strange if you haven't. But if you haven't, I mean, hopefully this 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 really kind of entices you into listening to them. I'm yeah. sure it will. Someone somewhere is going to go. Oh, we'll want to hear "Room a Thousand Wide Years Wide," and I will want to see that dolphin. The dolphin. Stop talking <laughs> yeah. about the dolphin. No, I won't mention him again. Right, I know. I know we're on a time, and we have. We're going to have to do. Move on to Nirvana's Nevermind. Yeah. yeah. Also yeah. released on twenty fourth September nineteen ninety one. Obviously, Kurt Cobain. There's not many people who don't know that name. No. Nope. And what happened to Kurt? That's uh, probably less these yeah. days than... <laughs> yeah. and, and, and what happened to Kurt in the end after his three, well, if you include Intestacide, four amazing albums that they released. Yes. Which, which that's the that, net. And you can say you love, well, I can say I love every single track of every single album. Yeah. See, I wanted to know straight yeah. away because I haven't listened to the podcast. I want to know what did you put as their best album, you guys? I put never mind. I probably did too because this was this was over two years ago, so I don't remember. Right. Um, my my favorite album is is in utero. Same as me, but yeah. but I think I was probably looking at it as never mind. It to me has no bad songs, and the the influence of that album and what it accomplished in music. There's no way to put any other album at number one, even though it's not the one that I always go to, to listen to. Yeah. Um, that's probably because I've heard it so many damn times. I mean, it's, it's literally an album that completely changed my life. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. Just because I had never thought about maybe being a musician before I heard and saw Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this seems way more tangible 
than fucking Kirk Hammett up there doing his solos on the big stage in front of thousands of people. Because <laughs> I was like, I would love to be that guy, but I feel like I know Kurt and I feel like I could do that. And so that's, it just led me on that path of being a musician from that point on. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, just like- love the whole stage diving thing in the videos and the way they just dress that normal, you know? Yeah. Um, well, apart from when he was wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying that's not normal because you know, obviously, that you can't is, say that now. No, that is completely normal. But he was on headbangers but ball the in, time, that, in that, that gold ball gown because it was a yeah. headbangers ball, and he just sat there in the ball gown. Now, honestly, about 30 years ago when we saw that, me and my mates are going, <laughs> "Yeah, what's oh really? Fuck, what's he fucking doing sitting there?" In no, that, I in was that ball gown. We we were like, because that... we, you cool. know, we were into like metal. And, all that we just thought what's he doing sitting in that but it didn't didn't stop us <laughs> loving him didn't stop us loving the music watching the video yeah. and adoring nirvana 100 yeah that was that was around the time because because the i think when when nevermind first came out and they first released smells like teen spirit in in america the music video was first being played on a show called um, 120 minutes which was the that. alternative music yeah. show yeah. And I didn't watch that, so I didn't know it. And then one night, I'm watching Headbangers Ball, and they premiere Smells Like Teen Spirit. And the very next day, I, I grab my older brother. I'm like, please drive me to the record store. I have to get this. And then the rest is history. And so when they when they finally came on as guests on Headbangers Ball, I was like, these guys are this is the one of my favorite. It was already at that point, I was like, this is the best time I've ever heard. And um, yeah. st- still one of the best albums I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah, I remember one of my mates at school. He had the t- he had, had a, he had a tape of it, and he mm-hmm. had, <laughs> this is brilliant. But um, <laughs> because he didn't want his parents to read like the track listing because you had territorial pissings on there, right? Yeah. It, on the front, he'd had, he had he'd written all the track names out for me, and he'd written territorial pins and put a little asterisk next to it, and then you lifted up the <laughs> flap and it said pissings in <laughs> <laughs> <then> size. <laughs> You know what, what's funny about that with the cassette? Because I had the cassette first, too, and I played the fuck out of it. And then when I got my first CD player, a few months later, I bought a CD version of it. Yeah. And then the the one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life in an album experience was I'm alone in my room. I'm playing Nevermind on CD. I've heard it so many times now, and I fall asleep, and the album ends... And all of a sudden, I'm awoken by, (laughs) and I'm like, because it wasn't on the cassette, so I had Uh, no fucking clue. And I wake up, and I'm like, what is going on? Because prior to that, no such thing as a, or I'd never heard of a of an extra song. No, that that was so cool back then, wasn't it? I was so just like, this is fucking crazy. And of course, you know, I immediately call my friends like. Anyone anyone else have the CD version of Nevermind? There's like a whole other song that's complete chaos. Come on. Yeah. And the other thing with that tape, the particular tape that this this kid done for me was that I'd lit I mean, I played it literally to death, like within a week and then had to go and buy it myself. But mm. I'd he the way he'd recorded it, it, it was I don't know whether it was on like a C sixty or a C ninety or whatever the tapes were at the time, but it would get to halfway through um Oh, what song was it? Um, I can't remember what song it was, but it would cut off halfway through and have to turn the tape over. And for years, listening to this, because I'd listened to that tape so much, listening to the CD for years later, I'd hear it in my head. I'd be like, it's about to stop. Oh, and yeah. I knew it wasn't going to stop, but in my head, I was like, it's going to stop. 
it was very very I, strange i i have that with some, some albums i had on cassette where i would accidentally hit record and it would record over a tiny bit of it <laughs> and there's always a little dip in the song so now whenever i hear the song i always imagine there being a dip in the song yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it debuted no, no it didn't debut it got to number one in january 92 never mind yeah. in america yeah. and it reached number six in the uk that obviously because obviously the, the the momentum and the popularity of it obviously built up from its release and then got to the point of January 92 number got to number one exploded and they like headline read in 92 over here didn't well, they not and not Michael Jackson off the top of the charts right they did yeah I rem- remember correctly yeah <clears throat> um Lithum, the song Lithum, which we all love was about his friend he used to live with who was a born again christian it's a kind of about religion and if you need it or you don't need it it's not a problem yeah you know you should you should you know embrace it and that's what it was about didn't know that at the time couldn't figure that out when i was 16 no uh, no, i totally no. admit that and that's why i probably couldn't handle the gold dress he was wearing on the headbangers ball because i was 16 <laughs> 30 years ago before the internet and there was no texting or anything and no Twitter yeah. and any of it. Uh, anything else about Nevermind you can remember? Um, Eddie, Eddie, when you first Eddie. heard it, what, what, are, what are your feelings on it? What's its, its longevity? It, it's funny, actually. The the first time I heard any Nirvana, it was actually the uh, Smells Like Nirvana uh-huh, weird really? Al Yankovic uh, parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. So I actually heard that first, but I thought it was cool. I mean, so I went and checked Half out the eventually. Noises. Yeah, man. <laughs> and the bendy I got, guitar. I had the CD single, and he's he's in the water, and he's chasing a donut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. And I, I remember loving "Smells Like Teen Spirit," but the song that really sold me on it was "Come As You Are," because like hearing that cool chorus guitar effect, I was all over that. You know, with yeah. the gun floating in the water, I just thought that was one of the coolest things. Like the 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 way the imagery looks how the guitar sounds and it's like it just sounds wet and it just have that association with the water i just always see it every time that riff starts i just yeah it's just really cool memory i just thought wow that's a cool noise (laughs) oh completely i remember remember reading that um he was so strung out on drugs when he was swinging on that chandelier that that's why they blurred the video made it look kind of like effect because he looked fucking terrible and he's swinging oh. up and down on that chandelier for that video. I, I can believe it. It makes sense. <laughs> I read that, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I still That's got my cool original video. original vinyl of, of Nevermind that I bought back in 91. Awesome. Uh, you want to you, you sell it to me? <laughs> no, you know what it's got inside it? It's got two two paper cuttings. And, and one paper cutting is, you'll know the Echo, um, Eddie, from over here. Um, Essex, anyway, the Evening Echo Essex. It's the paper cutting when he OD'd on barbiturates in, was it France? Rome. Yeah. Rome or something. So I've got that, <laughs> the story of that. And I remember reading that thinking, no, no, no. My fucking hero is going to die. This is at the time. I, I was like, no, 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 no. He, mm-hmm. He's all right. He says he's all right. He's all right. He's going to carry on touring. You know, it's fine. Because I had the tickets to see him at Brixton. Still got it with the mm. stub on. Yeah. You didn't say that in that first episode two years ago. Mm. But, um, and then I've got, I must have, I must have cut out what well, I did because I've got it. Cut out the uh, Kurt's tragic death, and it's like the whole write up on him killing himself. And I, I, and I opened the paper and saw that. I was 
fucking devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got yeah. them both, and they both sit inside the Nevermind vinyl in my house. And it's yeah, it's la terrible. Everyone as remembers the French say, were, right? as the French don't say. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, like people say that, like he was like like the John Lennon of our generation, like as in like like my mum and dad know exactly where they were when they heard mm. John Lennon being shot, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like I can remember. Yeah, I was, I was at school. I was at school, and somebody came and told me um, that 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 he had died. And at that point, I just kind of figured it was inevitable because it seemed like he was a mess. And I'm just like, so I was sad about it, but at the same time, like, I kind of saw it coming because you know Uh, he he just seemed like a dude with a lot of problems. I had the exact same experience, but it was in college with a friend of mine coming up to me and saying Chris Cornell had died, mm. but I didn't expect that at all. That came like, out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, that's the one time like, I've actually gotten legitimately upset over like a, a you know, famous person's death. Yeah. So I was just like, fucking hell, man. Like, that was my favorite vocalist. Like, he is and when i'd when my friend said have you heard the news i went no what that chris cornell's gone what do you mean he's gone he's dead and i thought oh fuck like what a shocking like it was just so out of nowhere yeah yeah Yeah. all those like like this those grunge icons just fell one by one didn't they you just kind of expected wyland to go you expected lane staley to go and they just you got the news and you were kind of like, you'd already got over it because you already knew it was going to happen. Mm. If you know what I mean, you didn't want yeah. it to happen in any way, but you kind of figured eventually it's going to happen. I know you've I got kinda, to go. Kinda go yeah. I, I, I kind of got more sad about it later on in life, actually, which is the weird thing, but yeah, right. I do. I when do you got a chance. Go. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really processed any of those other guys, to be honest. I've just kind of yeah. been like, Oh, fucking hell. No way. You know, I've never really yeah. dealt with it, but I know you've got to go um, ahead, and um, so what we what, what we always ask when we have um, guests on is if you have one song to send into space um, for anyone in other universes, civilizations, anyone out there, aliens or whatever to hear. It's only going to be one song. We normally say you can have any song from any back catalogue in history of music, but your one song each is going to have to be something from the forty-four days. That's that's easy. Oh. Yeah, so go for it. It's 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 both in the same like Metallica. Oh no, 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 no. It smells no, it smells like Teen Spirit. That out that song because its song is is culturally significant, and I I would want other people in another part of the world to know or whatever or for universe or whatever to to hear this and just be like you know know that this is something important from whatever whatever they call our planet. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a man in a flannel shirt ripping off the pixies. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody shoot well, I mean, him. <laughs> which you, which you could point out, the pixies ripped off people as well. But I of mean, if, if if you really want, then we might, we might as well send Chuck Berry to space because nobody yeah. else, yeah, <laughs> you know, hundred percent. No, I'm just playing. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd probably pick the same song. I'm sure. What about I mean, you? You said something of GNR in the car. Uh, yeah. You. Oh, we actually, yeah. No, I did say Estranged. You did. He's having teen spirit. You're having a strange. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick with it. Eddie, I'm gonna pick black. I, I think black is such a fantastically written song. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, if, I mean, you know, if you know, speaking of cultural significance, I I get it, but 
it's just such a well-crafted song. So I'm I'm picking it on its merits. Yeah, it's got to be my favourite on the album, I think. Yeah. I, I said I was going to choose Oceans because I didn't want them to think that we're a bunch of nutcases and uh, we, want, <laughs> we, we want to attack them. And it's such a beautiful song. But yeah. if I could only listen to one song out of the whole 44 days ever again, I might have to say you could be mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. So, yeah. and, and that is hard to leave out Nirvana, um, any Nirvana yeah. track. But. I don't know, it's just something there. That that set it off. The whole 44 days in 91, to me, was set off from You Could Be Mine and the video. So it's 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 the heartfelt one that stands there. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Fair play. Love it. Right, we'll let you go. And Totally. <laughs> you've got things to do, guys. We really appreciate you coming on. It's been absolutely yeah. brilliant. And I knew you guys, for us. Were, you, you guys yeah, were the yeah. ones to, to talk about the 44 days in 91. You've proven to be completely worthy. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to do it again, you guys think up a topic and we'll come and chat about it. We're up for it. We'll do. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on. You've been great. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one. in the crap podcast. All the hot dude put on and turned up as loud as it'll go and you annoy your neighbors and shit and it's just balls out. Can I say Yeah, I can.